Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we want to pray and declare God's plans over man's desires in a host of situations uh, that we have seen come before us as we have seen the House now pass a bill um, going towards the Senate that will basically undo laws that were already passed by um, Bill Clinton uh, in the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996. And there are some names in there that are quite alarming to be seen um, supporting this bill, and we'll get into that in trying to understand the dynamic of what's going on there. And so, um, and, and look at the realities of who is involved in this situation and, and who is not. But first, we want to dive into scripture and to understanding um, where we get the spiritual authority uh, through scripture of praying for God's plan over man and where this really comes from. And so when we look in Matthew 12, we see the story uh, and the, the the parable, the healing story of Jesus healing the man on the Sabbath and the discussion there with the Pharisees and Sadducees in the synagogue uh, about whether it's right to heal on the Sabbath or not. And then Jesus, you see through that, Jesus um understanding that the is here in verse 14 uh, that the pharisees wanted to go out and conspire against him um so that they might destroy him and and this is where we we want to focus in on here it says but jesus was aware of this he withdrew from there and many followed him and he healed them all and warned them not to tell who he was and ultimately this the reason he would do that we understand is that he was fulfilling what was spoken about him through isaiah the prophet where Isaiah said, Behold, my servant who I am have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. And a battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory and hit. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. And in that, lead justice to victories where we want to focus our prayer points today of understanding and decreeing um, and declaring God's will over man's. And today we want to just declare that God's plans of judgment against his enemies be established and may his plans um, overrule any of man's desires and we declare that the Lord sends forth his judgment unto 
victory. And so we want to understand that today as we, we go about reading uh, some of the interesting dynamics that have come about since last night, and, and this has been just a, a fast-moving train ever since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and Cl Justice Clarence Thomas really sparked something in the Democrats, but this also is, I think, you know, what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn for good. Is This can hopefully help believers realize um, where things really are at, because they're like, you know, red wave and we got all this, we got all that. But the reality is, is in this movement, in this direction, is it the way the Lord wants us to go? We have to ask ourselves that question and be honest about the answer. And, and with some of the things that have come up, it's quite interesting. And, and But before we get into that, I want to first highlight um, and stay focused on the U.S.'s relationship with Israel as we were in the dire straits and we saw the comments made by the president and the promise to give $300 million to the UN to be able to fund Palestinian authorities' government, which therefore funds terrorist operations within the land of Israel that the U.S. will now be, um, again, the sponsor of, unfortunately. Uh, and this is why President Trump pulled funding from that. And the story I want to pull up, and, and this is kind of twofold, something to be aware of, um, but also understand the realities of these negotiations with Iran, is that um, Nikki Haley over the weekend made several comments, um, but she talked about how within the Iran nuclear deal that the Biden administration is willing to do anything and everything to get back into that deal, which is quite alarming. But in it, she spoke about how there is paperwork, um, writings in there that Iran would get more than $100 billion if the U.S. and Iran were to get back into this deal, which is trying to entice them to get back into this deal to make it look like the Biden administration is doing something. Again, they're at 60%. They're saying they're close to 90%. This, this is from, from sources inside Iran that we followed here. And she also mentioned something to be aware of. She also mentioned that she kind of hinted at a possible 2024 run. What that means, we'll see. I think it's too early to tell, but it's something interesting to see and pray about. And as we stand here and pray for the office of the president is, is you know, the next election is coming. And, and we might talk about this here soon, but is if she is, we have to ask ourselves is who is, who does the person the Lord wants? Who is the person the Lord wants? And that's something to kind of keep on the shelf here for a sec for a season, um, and understand that Nikki Haley might, as you know, Governor DeSantis, Beto O'Rourke, um, Governor Newsom, possibly might be uh, some potential candidates as well. And I'm I'm not siding on either one. I'm saying okay, as these people start to show interest, who is is the, that's becoming the talk uh, of the political town now. And so we, we see this, which is very, very alarming. So we want to be aware of this situation with Iran and the U.S. as it involves our relationship with Israel and the potential harm not only to Israel but to the rest of the world, unfortunately, if the United States were to get back into this deal. Okay, now we see yesterday the House passed the um, – 
bill codif- a bill to try to codify the gay marriage act same sex marriage and the vote went down 267 to 157 with 47 republicans joining democrats including and for me this is not so surprising maybe for some of you it will um but in GOP leader congresswoman Elise Stefaniak and uh, National Republican Congressional Committee Chair Tom Immer. Uh, again, both of these are in more your liberal states, um, but at least Stefaniak is – that headline alone is is quite troubling to see that as one of the leaders within the G, quote-unquote GOP. You also have Lee Zeldin, um, which again, that's for the things he stands for um, and who he is. That one, that one is quite – quite alarming could be doing it to running for governor because he knows it most likely won't be anything but it's sad to see that he would do that uh, but there are some other names in here who are quite alarming a lot of them in florida i mean they should not be voting for this um maria salazar others in florida should should have not voted for this i mean their constituents <laughs> especially the hispanic community do not want that um burgess owens as well you uh, several other utah uh congressmen and women Several in Florida, obviously Liz Cheney voted for it. Others, um, Anthony Gonzalez, Kensinger, Cato, Upton, and Jacobs, who are not seeking re-election, and um, Davis and Rice, who lost their their um, primaries. This goes back to what Todd Trahan was talking about about the five foundations. Is if we get away from that, if we as the church can't stand for the five foundations. And he, it's in a blog post. It's on our site. It's it's here on the Pipeline Group. It's on our app. It's everywhere. If we can't uphold those, that the Democrats and this is what they're doing is they're saying, okay, you're going to come at us for abortion. You're going to come at us for this and that. Well, here's this. You guys are, are split on this. And, and I talked, hinted at this before. Of uh, this is a problem with the Republican Party right now. Is they're okay with same sex marriage, same sex marriage, which is against the will of the Father. Marriage is between a man and a woman, and this bill go is trying to overturn the 1996 uh, Defense of Marriage Act that defined marriage as a, only a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife, making Bill Clinton more conservative than these 47 Republicans who just voted for this. Now, will it get passed in the Senate? We'll see. We have to pray. They need right now 60 votes, which means they're going to need at least 12, maybe more Republicans to join in on this. Are there some? Again, Susan Collins of Maine is a co-sponsor of that bill headed to the Senate. Very alarming. They're Possibly, if they don't get 10, they're going to try to remove the filibuster, which means they need all 50 Democrat senators to go ahead for that. Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin is being widely reported, has been widely reported, that they will not remove the filibuster. So they either need to get two Republicans to go on board and remove the filibuster, which is another debate that most likely won't, but maybe in this case they will, which would be very, very, very troubling. And so we want to be aware of the situation. Now, 
with that being said, I want to blow this up. Is the the reason they're trying to do this is is we've talked about before is with Justice Clarence Thomas's opinion that he wrote. He talked about how these are some laws that needed to be challenged. These are some cases, the Oberger felon um, case that supposedly quote unquote legalized gay marriage throughout the entire country, uh, which again, as we saw in Roe v. Wade, does not necessarily mean that. And it needs to be challenged and they're saying, okay, well, we want to make this a law so that when Oberger felon and other cases based upon Oberger felon and really Roe v. Wade, um, are overturned that it doesn't matter. What's interesting about this is, again, this is nowhere found in the United States Constitution, but in some state constitutions and state statutes, it is. There are in the red, these are the states of the 30 states that have banned both via a constitutional amendment and a statute in the red. So if a burger felon were to fall, they would go. The power would go back to the states, just like with uh, Roe v. Wade. And these states, in red, have state amendments and a state statute. A state amendment means that two thirds of the House and Senate within the state voted for it, and then put it to a vote, a m- amendment vote for the people to vote on. And the people agreed that this is something they want to stand for, that they want marriage to be defined. As between one man and one woman. And Obergefell Fallon overreached in that decision and allowed gay marriage to be um, occurred in, in the entire United States, despite taking the authority away from the states. Now, um, in the green is, as you see here, neither state nor amendment by marriage. Uh, some of these states are not surprising to see where they lie. Um, only a few states have a ban only by a state statute. Now, there are some states that have state constitutional amendments, such as California and Hawaii, that are not enforceable because an activist judge basically said the state constitutional amendment is not valid. And then you have um, Iowa that has a state uh, statutory ban that is not on the books. Uh, or it's not enforceable because the Supreme Court's uh, invalidated it via Oberger felon. And so this is where states lie. And, and the interesting thing, state constitutional amendment, the process to have that go forward shows that not only do the state constituencies and the representatives want to approve it, but also they, the people of those states voted for that. So they're trying to, again, go against the five the foundations in uh, going back to Genesis, against the will of the Father, uh, basic science, and, and trying to enforce this. And a lot of the 47 Republicans who voted for this took the libertarian approach of, well, you know, we shouldn't be telling people what they can and can't do. We just need to let them, you know, if they want to be married, so be it, blah, blah, blah. And that's that's a libertarian approach. You don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. But then it becomes and it opens a Pandora's box of what else? Who else can somebody marry a dog, an animal, a child, and all that stuff? Which is starting to see the case, especially in Oregon um, and other places as well as people have tried to do these type of things. 
Um, so we want to continue to pray specifically. I mean, obviously we want to pray for every uh, uh, senator right now, um, but can specifically Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema that they continue to continue to stand against the, the removal of the filibuster and ultimately have the fear of the Lord when making policy decisions uh, now and in the future and because the Biden administration is coming after Joe Manchin right now because of this next topic. And so it's very alarming to see the Senate move forward this. There has not been talks of when they'll try to get this done in the Senate. Could be this week, could be next week. They still are, from my understanding, finalizing a bill that they have to then come together on, debate, and et cetera, and decide how they want to do it. Um, again, the House is a fast-moving place, uh, the best way to put it. It, it allows things to be done fast, whereas the Senate is – you got to have a higher majority to get things passed. Uh, so this is how the founders framed it. This is their intention. Um, and in reality, the Democrats are – obviously, they would hope to try to get this done, but they are more so trying to split the Republican Party ahead of the midterms and trying to get those within the Republican Party and who would possibly vote, quote-unquote, red in the, quote-unquote, red wave and tsunami um, to question their vote. And, and, and we warned about this is, look, yes, we're hearing all this from certain people of the red wave, the red tsunami, all this and that. And I said, don't. Don't get your hopes caught up in that because there are a lot of things that could happen from now on election day, and we're starting to see it as the Democrats are pulling out all the tricks in the book, um, even at a national level. Okay, and going to international level, something we need to be aware of that the president is considering, and this not only involves here in the United States but around the world. So let's take a step back and talked about it yesterday, the meeting between uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin Iranian leaders and Turkish leader President um, Erdogan. In those comments, the Vladimir Putin said that Russia will honor its gas commitments and is ultimately threatening the EU and the United States and other countries that if you continue to put sanctions on us, it's going to be hard for us to basically quote unquote service the Nord Stream pipeline and get you the gas that you've agreed to uh, purchase from us. And so he's saying, well, we're willing to give you the gas that you're, you've agreed to, but if you put more sanctions on us, then it's going to be hard for us to go in and fulfill these contracts because it's not advantageous for us. And plus, if they're able to – which, which kind of tells of and shows that they're not ready to send as much gas as they would like to places like in Iran – like a China, like India, like Turkey, because uh, that's not that's not where the pipelines are set up. Their pipe the pipelines are set up to go to Europe, and this is very troubling for Europe as they're at the point of not having the capacity to be able to have enough energy possibly for the winter. So why do I say this? So we're seeing that you know the gas prices have taken a dip for a short season because of somewhat of a, a, a increased supply due to the lack of demand from consumers and experts are warning because there is nothing in the pipeline being produced that gas will ultimately go higher i say that to give an understanding of what's to come 
to to make the decision now of what to do, what not to do uh, financially, and be aware. And 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 the Lord can provide and walk us through this season that we're in, um, which leads to this, these decisions by the president. We continue to see the policy decisions to hurt the oil and gas industry and American families' pocketbooks. But you had Pete Buttigieg before. Um, the infrastructure committee come out and say that, well, people just need to go in and buy electric vehicles. Um, and, and if they live in rural areas, if you know, wherever they live, they just need to go in and buy it because the price is just too high for gas and it's only going to get higher. It's only going to get worse. Um, meanwhile, at the same time is said it before is it, the jury's still out on whether electric vehicles are actually a good thing or not. Environmental studies, from the total cost of the initial start of producing and pulling the materials out of the ground for a battery, for an electric car, to the ending life of what do you do, how do you recycle it, or actually produce more carbon emissions than a the same life cycle for a combustion engine and nat- natural gas and oil. And the problem with going towards this move, as has been being pointed out, is that if you went towards it, you would still have to find oil and gas until you can get country countries and the entire country and auto manufacturers to the point of producing enough electric vehicles for people to be able to have. Then there's the fact of that even Tesla itself, their their uh, chief uh, chief and um, information officer said uh, a couple years back that the average length. The highest length uh, life cycle of a Tesla car is 15 years. The battery, uh, so you got 15 years. That's it, and then you gotta spend uh, um, upwards of twenty thousand dollars to replace the battery. There's a host of other issues as well, which leads to the Biden's possible decision and something to be aware of, and, and rumors that it's possibly going to happen that he is m- trying to find a way on both climate and abortion to declare state of emergencies to give him the authority to move money wherever he wants and create laws um, and mandates wherever he so chooses. And he's looking at how Trump did that in, under his presidency via the um, national health emergency and how other presidents in the past have done this. And I think they understand this is a very, very slippery slope and trying to do it in a manner that would give them enough time for until someone could defend themselves and, and, and break out from this, which is very, very alarming um, to see this. And, and so we're, we want to be aware of some of the moves from the president. And both Republican and Democrat senators highly, highly oppose this because they understand this is a very slippery slope. And some of them agree with the climate agenda and the abortion agenda, but they're saying this is an overstep. They didn't like it when Trump did it, and they don't like it when Biden does it. And there are some on the progressive side who said, well, Trump did it because of the wall. We should do it because because of this, uh, because they know they can't get things passed through Congress. And so we want to be fully aware of what's the possibility from this Biden administration coming. And again, this only helps countries like an Iran, like a Venezuela, like a China, like Russia – because we're dependent upon them 
Iran, Russia, and Venezuela for natural gas and oil until we can get to electric vehicles. And then we would be heavily dependent upon China to be able to produce enough um, batteries for the electric vehicles that they have a huge monopoly on the resources to be able to produce that around the world. And they're only getting stronger and more percentages of those natural resources around the world. And with our removal from Afghanistan, it was just had more ramifications for that um, than I think we realized we realized at the time due to the natural resources that are in the land. And so we want to not only pray for patience and wisdom for this administration, but also continue to intercede for our leaders, both Republican and Democrat, to have the fear of the Lord when deciding what to do next and pray that they have and support the original intent of this nation um, to not be so overreaching as they have been in the past two years. And as we get closer towards midterms, we had the primaries last night in Maryland of praying that the voters awaken, that the church would awaken to the realities of who they are putting, we are putting in office. As you're seeing, even some of these new congressmen voted for the legalization of gay marriage at the federal level, despite states, upwards of 30 states, saying, passing constitutional amendments and statutes that marriage is defined as a one man and one woman, and even going against Bill Clinton. Like, I know all of you were aware. Bill Clinton it now looks more conservative than the number two GOP leader, Elise Stefaniak, in the Republican Party. Bill Clinton is more right on her on this issue than she is. That is completely absurd, <laughs> uh, the fact that Bill Clinton is there. And then lastly, a major, major victory uh, for parents and the protection of minors out of Indiana is that the Supreme Court in Chicago uh, and, and John Roberts ruled that Indiana has a right to administrate a law that requires parents be advised when children are going in for an abortion procedure which goes directly against the DOJ and this administration because they have publicized and are pushing for ways of how to keep the parents out of the loop when a minor is involved in getting an abortion. Um, and, and there, is, But there is still a carve-out. The problem about this is there's still a carve-out of, well, if it's in case of you know abuse and whatever that it, that the doctors can just make go ahead and make the decision, which is still quite troubling, uh, quite alarming. Um, it's involving a minor, um, so this is this is a good thing overall. Uh, this will help push back the tyranny from the DOJ and this Biden administration, who is trying to say, "Well, we know what's best; the parents don't," uh, and trying to create a separation between the parent and child. So, major, major victory here. Something that not done that was done very uh, expediently, and uh, John Roberts ruled on this one, so it's quite interesting to see that. Um, 
and and it's good to see there in a stance for life and showing he has the fear of the Lord on this issue. So blessings want to end there on that. Let's continue to pray for this administration that they stand with Israel and somehow have the fear of the Lord and someone in that party to, to in the administration to wake up and, and speak God holy spirit inspired wisdom um, to the leaders and making sure that we're standing in the will of the Father and allowing His justice to come forward in this season over man's desires. So blessings, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.